We got the band back together this weekend. The boys are back in town. The boys. Oh, we cannot sing together uh, over long distance like this. I didn't sing with you. No, but the snapping was offbeat. Oh, I I'm mean. sorry. It's okay. It's just it was. There was just. I should have known. It's I hard. Have it's hard to do that across the country. That is. That is true. And I. Uh, uh, to, to your point, yes, I did happen to be in Chicago uh, kind of unexpectedly this weekend. Um, I always forget that Chicago is sort of the middle of no place. Yeah, it was really funny that you, you said, and I know that this is true, but, like, I'm so yearning to be out of the city, and we were like, man, everyone in Chicago is so nice. <laughs> I was like, no, mm -hmm. they aren't. <laughs> like, they really, like... Uh, tr true story. Yeah. The waiter shook my right. hand. I mean, hello. Right. That does, that's, that's, not, that's not normal behavior. No, everyone was so friendly. Some Two people asked me for directions. Maybe only one person asked me for directions. Uh, oh, yeah, to the peanut. <laughs> that was one of my favorite fucking things. Did they mean the bean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, and if not, then I, I sent them in maybe the wrong direction. I don't know. Yeah, yeah and it probably didn't smell like garbage. And you saw alleys? Chicago. Yeah. Ch Chicago. And there are alleyways. Um, and there are those stupid traffic circles in the middle of four-way intersections. How many of those did you Th actually see? Like two? I didn't see a single one of those. I just oh. I was just li listing things that they have in Chicago that I know of. Um, I went to Stan's twice. I was there for less than three days and i that's i went to stands twice that's the way to do it though four donuts which stands um, is i think an la thing which i didn't realize mm -hmm, mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. i had not heard of it till i got here but it is taken taking over chicago which i'm fine with i think it's actually so my understanding is that there was like one in la and then someone was like hey do you mind if i make this a thing in chicago and they were like go right ahead so it's kind of more of a Chicago thing, but it did originate on the best coast, right on La Cienega Boulevard near the Beverly Center. Just head north. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That all made perfect sense. True story. I've I've pra I have practiced the combination of La Cienega and Beverly Center. That my favorite one that you've kind of let go is the uh, the Chinese theater. Oh, right. That was, an old, that was right, an old faithful. <laughs> right next to the 405, just south of the 101. No, just the 1 freeway. What is it? The 1? I'll work on it. Um, yeah, so I was in Chicago. I flew in. Boy, were my arms tired. No. <laughs> and it was nice. I saw you. I saw we played a, a Israeli card game uh, almost nonstop. I... I am so obsessed with that game. I already, I just talked to my friend. And I was like, dude, we are playing this game. And she's like, what is it called? And I was like, TBD. I think it's, yeah, we're calling, exactly, we're calling exactly. it Yaniv, but I think it's Yaniv and it doesn't really matter. It's a fun game. Call it whatever right, you want. Well, so, it doesn't matter. So it, it, in Hebrew, it's Yaniv or Yaniv. Right. Probably Yaniv. But uh, we learned it as Yannick. 
And it's a good game. You should Google Yannick, and Google will correct you into Yaniv, Y-A-N-I-V. And it's a good game for two to probably four players. Yeah. I had a really, I had a really fun weekend. It was very, um, very social for me. I'm not mm-hmm. usually, well, well, it was funny because I was mostly at my place, but we just had so much activity and it was very fun. Um, Did it tire you out? Oh, yeah. Not like bad. Yeah. I wasn't like pissy, but I was definitely like Monday. I was like, oh, I need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I had, it- I had a smashing, smashing good time. I also realized, uh, really, it didn't hit me till Monday, but, you know, we were, because we were socializing so much, we were staying up pretty late, but, like, it was especially late, because I'm still kind of on East Coast time. Uh, you were still not So, really, late. what I'm saying is, you're welcome. Yeah. I fought through the fatigue. You were such a... My favorite was when you were like, are you guys, you were coming back from the game, and you were like, are you guys tired? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> I was really worried you were going to be like, I'm really amped. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, no, there was there was a, a, a cute thing we did every night where you we would spend minutes deciding what we were going to watch mm-hmm. uh, and then fall asleep in the opening 30 seconds, whatever it is we picked. Yeah, it was um, it was fun. And uh, we went to sleep and that was really the point of the whole thing. So. That's what right. we picked was That's... obviously very good for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yes, I uh... no, it was good because I consider you one of my best of friends. Stop. Yep. Stop. No, I did it. Stop. This is gross. But not one of my best of enemies. Oh, I oh, wasn't I just gushing. I thought you were. I really didn't know that. Wow. Going. Now, now my 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 ego is bruised because you had inflated it and then quickly deflated it. Well, you 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 weren't taking my affection well, even if that was what I was doing. So. I know, but it was feigned not taking it well. I was loving it. Oh God. The truth, I was loving I... it. Wait, just a quick second. I would like to point out, just in terms of Uh-oh. stoking our relationship for a little bit, no. just like goose it up a little bit more. Um. This is the second time in the past six months that we've seen each other in person and not recorded together, which I think is important because it shows that, like, maybe our whole relationship isn't this podcast, you know? I mean, I knew that, but you're right. It does. It is very good. <laughs> uh, side note, everyone should download the Stranger Things game on your iPhone, and oh I kind of beat it before we started recording. You beat the whole thing? I kind of did. I don't have any more, like, things to do. Now I just have to finish all the quests, and those are kind of boring. Yeah, see, I wasn't collecting the shit to get the hearts, and that's just gonna... So the Hydra Tentacle is the last step? Hmm. Essentially, yeah. And then after that, um, have you been collecting the Egos? Yeah. Well, because that's how you finish the, the chapter. I have my Egos. Right. Once you get all eight... So the Hydra will leave you a seven, the eighth, there's, or six, I guess, and then there are two that are hidden that are not that hard to find, oh. and then you get uh, 11. And, the, and then, and then the, you can just, the game's like, kind of over. You can, yeah, so I'm at, it's actually kind of frustrating, because I'm at, like, 70, I think, three or 77, maybe now, percent done, and I have some of the items to complete quests, but, like, I don't fucking remember where the people are on the map, and it's a huge map. It is a but huge map. But in any case, map. this game is 
stupid good for how for the fact that it's free and uh the fact that it's a television show like tie-in game like you know it's really just an advertisement for season two of stranger things yeah um and it's so good yeah i got someone at work hooked on it and they don't even like the show or watch the show but i was like yo if you like like old school adventure-esque like game boy games like this is kind of the shit to play it's phenomenal it's really good, and uh, you, you get a whole series of, uh, you get to play as all the different people, um, you can swap out, they'll have their different things. Nancy is weirdly the best by far, um, but whatever, uh, good game, it's a great game. I'm thrilled. Thanks for joining us on the Game Corner Yeah. of the podcast. That would be Banner. a problem, because... So so quickly, and then we'll go into it. So I was just talking to Rochelle about it, and I was like, yeah, I'm, like, addicted to this game. And she was like, I didn't know that you played games. Like, I didn't know that you were ever into any game. And I was like, yeah, I am very careful about taking on games because I know I'm obsessive, and I know that it's all I will do, and so I really, like, don't do them often. Like, I could not be a gamer because I get too invested in it to just be like, oh, I'm just going to play this for 30 minutes and then do something else. I won't. I know myself. My thing is, I get very invested, but for short periods of time. So, like, I can't spend money on games because I know it's only going to last me three days. Right. I just just can't do it. I just, I, I made the exception. But also, this game doesn't require data usage, which, hello, ding, 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 we got a winner. Yeah. So. To, this week, we watched a documentary. Jason and I are not, we are best friends, but not best enemies. Okay. Boom. So, we got back to where we were. Okay. Great. So, we watched Best of Enemies, which is about the um, 1968 uh, presidential election cycle, and basically, ABC was trying to get ratings for for their network because they were never first so they hired a very uh white white they're both white (laughs) right both are very very white white boys uh one is right-winged and his name was uh jesus christ william william f buckley william f buckley jr and on the very 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 left we had gore vidal um, mm-hmm. And these two guys hated each other. They are they were enemies, and they did uh, ten debates on ABC um, discussing politics and the election. Yes, I think that's me. Not I'm not tooting my own horn. I think this documentary is like easy to explain. But that's that's it. That is that is the premise of what we watched. Extremely simple yeah. concept. Extremely simple documentary. I think. But like, uh, like kind of secretly really beautiful. Do you know the same guy that did this film is the same one that did Finding Vivian Meyer, which we also thought was very pretty. Interesting. Wait, so you're telling me, so the director of this documentary is the director of Finding Vivian Meyer? Right. Not that That kid. Not the kid. Not the person who found the photo. No, 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 no. Different guy. Oh. Different guy. Okay. Well, there went my next comment. But interesting. No, yeah, that's it. Uh, mm, I want to watch that one again then. Yeah, and just see what, it, what it's like. But anyway, so yeah, very, what are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? Yeah. Uh, different levels of anger. 
I guess, would be the best thing for me to say. Like, I really kind of hate both of these guys. Okay. Um, and I, and like everything that is wrong with modern cable news, modern news was invented in eight days uh, or ten days on ABC News. Basically. Uh, I have no doubt we would have gotten there eventually anyway, but basically some ratings-hungry Disney execs, I don't know if they were owned by Disney then, but probably were, got together and were like, hey, let's just have people fight on television, and that's now all we do all the time. Yeah, um, there's, there's the idea that this was really the beginning of identity politics. This was, and, and... In the election, but also, like, this helped fuel that. This helped really divide the, like, left and right, you know, Democrats versus Republicans. Um, because these two guys were not, um, not, like, faltering, but, like, they, they were not seeking any sort of compromise or trying to understand each other. They were just slamming the shit out of each other. Right. Eloquently, point, I mean, beautifully. Oh, holy shit! I mean, but they're great talkers and great insulters. You, but the point of this new quote-unquote news coverage was not to deliver news, but rather it was entertainment, right? Right. And if you watched that, there was no way that you would walk away with it with new information or new beliefs or new, you know, or anything new. Right. It was. It's completely, you know, you walk into it siding with one of these guys, or maybe with neither, right? and you leave it the exact same way you started. There was one guy near the end, and he said something about how conflict is sugar and we are flies. And I think mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Like, this was literally just bait for us to just, like, you know, get our little, yeah, what is up? Well, no, and it, it's not, you know... It is not necessary in debate to have two people who dislike each other. Um, you know, there. I'm I, now. I can't think of examples. Um, I know John McCain has some liberal counterpart where they like disagree on everything, but are like still cordial. Yeah. Um, and that debate is a debate in which you can really learn something, right? And you can walk away with it and like, you know, get somewhere. Let me. But, yes. Sorry. So let me pose this to you: Is was is was the modern day version of this John Stewart versus Bill O'Reilly? Mm, I hated that. I um, <laughs> awful. It was awful. But no. Um, did you did you the, feel like it was similar at all though? Like that was obviously more gimmicky. I felt like they were maybe a little bit more hearing each other, but still like. That was entertaining. The whole reason you watched I mean, is to yeah. watch them fight, essentially. Well, yeah, and that was that was you know on Comedy Central. It wasn't like a real thing, but no, the modern day equivalent when they show it is like you know Crossfire on yeah um, yeah yeah uh, CNN or uh, Bill O'Reilly bringing on anyone on Fox. Um, you know, I mean, there's plenty of modern day equivalents um, that happen every night. Um, but yeah, definitely the John Stewart Bill O'Reilly thing is a But even look at the way our presidential debates are, right? Like, yeah. it's not really about having opinions, and argu- arguably it never was, right? But it's about watching people 
attack each other. And it's why there were more presidential debates in this presidential election than ever before, because they're, like, really popular and people love them. Yeah. Um, so the thing I thought was, was cool about this, and I agree with you, they're, they're both, like, kind of terrible people. Um, what was so scary is that their arguments could have been describing today's political process our current state of anything i mean jesus christ like that was very striking to me i was like we have not come anywhere in like what 70 50, 60 years about well, 50 60 years and the thing that finally like broke the camel's back right like the thing that was finally said that was like you've gone too far if said today by the president of the united states or really by anyone on television yeah would never would not no one would bat an eye no so the so this this all kind of came to a head when um so gore vidal was the very left leftist guy and there were ideas well it ended up being true that he was he was gay um yeah, yeah i mean assumed no he had a he had a male partner like most of his life oh really after the fact yeah 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 um, i mean like gorbidal's whole uh career was on writing about sexuality and the openness of right. sexuality and uh, his big thing was myra breckenridge which is about a transsexual man i mean or a, a woman yes um so he called he called william buckley a crypto nazi which is basically what we're calling people today like neo nazi would be the term that we're using and that what's wrong oh no also though that's like that's kind of that's saying to someone like this is your political ideology calling also someone like a crypto nazi feels to me like less shocking than calling someone an actual nazi but yeah that's what he said crypto nazi and then William Buckley got infuriated and went off and said he was going to, like, punch this guy. And then he called him a queer. And queer was was the big old word that that this thing is famous for, essentially. Well, and he, he also said, sock you in your goddamn damn. face. And I think goddamn was also, also a problem. But yeah, queer was the big one. He went off the rails, though. And the the line has moved so unbelievably far uh-huh. and and i mean certainly that's that's not all the current president's fault um that line was moving before this president got into office oh yeah but but it certainly has taken a big old fucking jump mm-hmm. um and he and he never really lived that down i mean he was so shameful and embarrassed of that moment for pretty much the rest of his career and if people brought it up to him he would there's a clip of him just literally not responding about it and just so sitting in silence. In his, in his last interview, yeah. Ted Koppel asked him about it, and he didn't respond, and they just sat there in silence until they went to commercial. Side note, super shocked we did not see Johnny Carson. I was on right. the lookout. I was on, I was like, we're it's gonna see. Early. It's too early. but I figured, like, just, just though. Yeah, because, right pro- I mean... I understand why, but both these guys had careers after, so I was like, maybe they'll show a clip from them in the future. Like, I was really like, where's Johnny? Where's mm-hmm. Johnny? Uh, the, yeah. The, it's, you know, so as someone who, like, is interested in American history, uh, I've, you know, they always have, and taken a ton of classes, everyone always points 
to 68, 69 as being like these huge transformative years in American politics. Um, and watching things now today in 2017 that took place in 68 and 69, you can't even, you can't, you have to think like, wow, if that was an era of change, like what the fuck are we in right now? Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, even the footage of, like, the riots happening outside of the convention centers and, like, police brutality and all of that, I'm like, it's the same... It's exactly the same stuff that we're dealing with today. It's just on a bigger platform because of social media and cell phones and shit, but it's the exact same narrative that it was then. Right, and this documentary was made January 2015, has nothing to do with... Donald Trump has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton or or Bernie Sanders. You know this is completely separate. Yeah. But but could you you could have put an hour extra worth of material, you know, an epilogue about what's happening today. Oh yeah, that was really uh, striking to me. The other thing is that both of these guys are very interesting in who they know and, like, what they did for a living. Um, Gore Vidal was the stepbrother of Jackie Onassis. Wild. Right? Hated, hated Bobby Kennedy, who was, like, what, technically his, like, stepbrother-in-law. Um, sure, sure. It wouldn't have been crazy to go to Thanksgiving dinner. Would have been uncomfortable. Um... Though I feel like Bobby Kennedy was very polarizing to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so, I don't, so I don't I know, know what I that can't, was telling, but it was interesting nonetheless. I, I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like I was just watching a documentary where they mentioned someone hating Bobby Kennedy. Um, uh, was it... Did, were you watching the JFK assassination the 24 hours after with, where Lyndon B. Johnson hated him? That is 100% what it was. I wasn't watching that recently, but I love that documentary. No, that's like... I've watched that twice. I think you told I, me about it. I think it. I recommended that um, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the Lyndon B. Johnson, Bobby Kennedy storyline is so fucking brutal and intense. But yeah, so didn't get along with Bobby Kennedy, but I just thought it was funny that he had friends... That his friends were like Paul Newman and Arthur Miller. Like, he yeah. ran with like a cool-ass crowd of intellectuals. Well, I mean, like, it's interesting, too, because it's like we don't really read Gore Vidal that much. Like, he hasn't really made his way into, like, the American canon, but, like, the guys he hung out with did, and he was writing super influential stuff. Yeah. And, like, he could have. You know what I mean? Like, he could have made it. Um, but he didn't, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. He, uh... I had heard his name a little bit here and there. I, I do want to check out that the movie that got made, I think, called The Best Man. Mm-hmm. It was about, like, the best version of the president or something. And it looks like Henry right, Fonda. Right. The actor looks super familiar. But, like, it was just so weird to me watching this documentary. And I'm like, that's Paul Newman. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing uh, here? The thing that I know him from most, I think, is Burr. Um, yes. Which is about which is about Aaron Burr. And there's another, he has another biography, which now I'm blanking on. Not a real, oh, and he has Lincoln. Yes. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, but then, and then William F. Buckley, I had also heard of, but only as being like a conservative firebrand, which is what he was. And uh, his, William F. Buckley, like every, all of his uh 
theories and political views and policy views like are like word for word the establishment rights position for the next uh, 50 years you know like he's he he did it like it was his ideas and then like everyone was just like great we're gonna take what you said um and you know dumb it down a little bit yeah he was infuriating to me but i mean that's that's probably because i have the views that i have and i just i don't understand how people don't see the inequalities that exist in the world like in just the broadest term like he just infuriated me that he was like yeah like some people are freeloaders and i'm like or or some people are so greedy that there's not jobs like not everyone's a fucking freeloader just because you say right. that. And then he had the one quote about freedom. Do you remember what it was? He's, he repeated it like three times. He was like, freedom breeds inequality or freedom. Oh, yes. Something yes. to that effect. That you can't, like, essentially, you can't have freedom without inequality because if there, if there is equality, then you don't have freedom. Um, which I think well, he's... I, 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 I mean, he's he's uh, conflating the ideas of equality and equity, right? Where you have th- there there's a, a sense at which equality isn't that everyone is equal. Equality is that everyone is equal under the law and has equal opportunities. Yes. Uh, not that everyone is the same. And it's I mean that's just a chicken shit move to say you know well we don't want to be communists. Exactly. Um, I was gonna say that's basically just anti-communism, which isn't what we're talking about. Right. But- uh, yeah, but on, on the flip side, right? Like, so William F. Buckley is very easy to hate eat for me personally, just because of his uh, political views, which, like you said, are so blind to like to real problems and real people. Gore Vidal is so easy to hate because, like, he is the definition of you know liberal elite and liberal elitism. You know, yeah. where where he. His whole everything is about how much how he is superior to you intellectually. How and and, and I can't stand listening to the guy. <laughs> even when even when I like what he's saying, I can't stand listening to the guy. He didn't bother me as much. Like he had enough awareness to know that he was like that, so it didn't. I totally see what you're saying. It just didn't like bother me in the same way, I guess, because I thought it was cool to hear. Like, the conservative storyline has always been there, and those ideas have always been there. But to hear his, like, progressive ideas that we're still fighting about now, but in the 60s, I'm like, damn, you were progressive. It's kind of like listening to George Carlin from, like, you know, the 80s or 90s to be like, did he predict, like, the future? Like, what the fuck? So that's kind of how I felt about him. I was like, his ideas are, I think, very, very progressive, and we still yeah. have not achieved all of the things he was talking about, but he saw all the problems that we're still discussing now. Right. So well, and there was a moment that like I just jumped out at me where um, uh, it's Buckley is the one who says it, but he like equates he's uh, he, uh, law and order, uh, you know, quote unquote law and order with a racial issue and he says you know well people will say the law and order is a racial issue but it's not and it's like wait hold on in 68 we were already saying on national television we were already making that connection right like how did we let that all go you know how did how did that just happen yeah well and keep in mind like um 
Kennedy had just been assassinated, and so was Martin Luther King. Right. Like, right before this. So that, I mean, we were very much, like, within the civil rights movement of the 60s. I mean, that was all, like, very present and happening and being talked about. And, and yes. we were in the middle of the Vietnam War. I mean, like, there was so much happening. Yeah. Um, and then we stayed in Vietnam for a couple more years. Um, that also was interesting to me, where they, they raised the the flag the vietnamese flag and that kind of connected to all of the national anthem shit that's been happening recently in my head sure um you know the, the whole idea that history repeats itself like this documentary woo it's true and it it makes me want to be like somewhat hopeful that like okay they sur- they survived all of that like maybe we're going to be okay but it feels like a lot a lot more intense now <laughs> than i think it right. was then i mean i think it goes say? i think it goes both ways because i i also think it's more intense now but or i also think it feels more intense now but it may just be that certain things that were kind of more under the surface but still violent and bad are just like more out in the open and maybe that in itself is worse but i don't know i don't know and i i guess the big thing that for me is this, it makes me somewhat no it makes me very pessimistic in the sense that like yes i think that this proves that we can survive but like i think this also may prove that like we can't move forward you know no, I like that we're you. just stuck yeah no there's definitely a sense of that because i mean like we said that they could I have mean, been look. they could have been arguing about today like literally every point they both made is still the shit that we're doing today also, side note, I know that people had said this, but I don't think I'd watch the clip, where Nixon wins. First of all, his little victory wave is just fucking ridiculous. Like, it's yeah. just so awful. And I I think I've only ever seen pictures of it, and I've never seen him, like, do it. And I'm like, you look like a, a fucking weirdo. I, I think I had seen it before, but it definitely jumped out at me. I was like, you're weird. But the whole thing about um, making America first... Yeah, America first. America first. And I was like, whoa, bro. Like, living in craziness, because that just happened, but whatever. Um, yeah, that was my that was my Nixon aside. No, it was a, it was a good aside. Yeah, I just... The, the victory hand-waving thing, if you've never seen it, it's fucking weird. So that was my big thing. Um, Buckley's brother was in this. Yeah, in- they had interesting an interesting cast of characters all together. I think they did. I it was a broad group though, and I and I liked that. Um, they had people that knew both these. They're both dead. Um, they had people that knew both of them firsthand, or were friends, or a brother. They had linguist experts. They had history expert. Like they pulled a lot of media experts. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things. No, no. So in terms of like the interview footage, it was really phenomenal. And then, yeah, yeah. Well, and then out of nowhere, hold on, I, I want to get it right. Who was in it? They had. The act, the people who read. Uh, oh, oh, I know who I know who it was. They had, they had Kelsey Grammer and John Lithgow. 
and John Lithgow were the were the voiceovers, and like that was just like okay, cool. I know, I know. Um, I guess so. I saw their names, and I was like, are you serious? Like, what? I was, I was thrilled. They were not hitting me much. They just, they read their little diary But um, yeah, that was there was. Also, though, I just, you know, I just completed a whole show where I was working as a uh, working in the archive department and like the the depth of archival footage that they were able to pull for this documentary was was astounding I mean like there was so much and you got the sense I don't it didn't feel like any of it was stock it all felt like it was uh and you know I may be wrong but it all felt like it was genuine uh like from whatever they were talking about at the time and and I I mean that was amazing they had um (laughs) outtakes which was they had uh the the news guy on the beach. real outtakes yeah. and bloopers the guy on the beach yeah and like that like how do you find that like that takes serious research yeah like, that's really cool i also liked that i know that they can't control it but it was cool that all of the footage was like 60s and then you jump forward and it was just like perfect clarity but it was it was fun to like jump between the two camera styles i guess would be the word. Yeah. Or just the two technologies. Um, but, you know, the footage was amazing, both of them and um, of the news itself from the time. I was also surprised, I don't know pleasantly or unpleasantly, but I was surprised at how little we actually ended up watching of the debates. Um, I get the sense that to a modern viewer, they'd be very boring. Um, but maybe I, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, w- I think I'd enjoy them because regardless of what they were saying, I liked the way they talked. Like I, I couldn't stand No, it. I, I liked it. Because it, it was, um, there was an amount of, like, speed and wittiness that I just don't think you, like, see anymore today. Like, I think even their insults were, like, highbrow insults. Like, they were, like, eloquently said. And for that, I, I liked it. Um... <laughs> But I get the sense that it was probably just a lot of back and forth shitting on each other. I don't know that they both, anybody said anything crazy profound. But I don't know. I'm sure you can find, I'm sure you can find it somewhere on the internet. So. Good. I'm glad we watched it. Uh, I liked it. I think it's a, I think it's a good watch, especially uh, if you, if you have any interest in history or interest in uh kind of placing our modern situation in a historical context this is a good way to do it i agree i can i concur uh good podcast good good talk it was good good talk maybe we'll do it again sometime we have to do it for 48 more times well, I say we get to. Uh, this was the first episode of season two. Second episode of season two. Uh, 202. This is episode 202. <laughs> uh, hope you hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can follow us in all the different places. If you don't remember which places you can follow us, go back to episode one. We'll tell you. Um, and, you know, listen up. Uh, if you wanted to, to binge listen to every episode we've done it would only take you it would take you less than 50 hours true um probably considerably less so there's no reason not to um my pick next week 
uh, my pick for next week. I'm gonna be smart is... and write this down and text it to you so we remember. That's a beautiful idea. Speaking of beautiful, my pick for next week is called My Beautiful Broken Brain. Uh, it is a Netflix original about a woman who uh, had a stroke. Uh, so it is about a woman recovering from a stroke uh, and like relearning how to communicate and move about the world. All right. On a scale of one to ten... How likely do you think I uh, I will cry? Well, I've never seen no, it. No, I know. Just based on what we know. Judging, just judging from, you know, like when you hover over with the mouse, Netflix kind of shows you pictures. Yeah. I would say nine. Yeah, nine. I'm probably going to cry. So that's cool. Uh, I, it sounds, it sounds save some of those, though. Save some of those tears for the podcast. Maybe we could uh, spike the ratings a little bit. Aww. Oh, I just got a text from you, my beautiful broken brain. Yep. Going out on a quote uh, from our good friend Gore Vidal. Gore Vidal, of course, is famous for a lot of things, but he is most famous for this quote he said about uh, about our podcast. He said, half of the American people have never listened to postdoc podcasts. Half never voted for president. One hopes it is the same half. Oh, shit. I pressed the wrong... (laughs)